Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to the COB. My name is Kyle Rodder, and I'm with Danny Akuye. Danny, it looks like we're going to finish the week on a high. Indeed, we are going to finish the week on the high. I think the ASX 200 on my screen is up about 0.8% or 60 points to 7,306. 7, All right, so above Whoa. that 7,300 level, a bit of a psychological milestone whenever we pop above a level like that. Um, but you can see there on your screen the SIBO 200 up by 0.73% as well. And that should take, if I'm not mistaken, the week's gain to about 3.8%. I'll double check that for you, uh, but it certainly is above three or around 3.5% at the very least. So um, it was a tough week last week, but well, owing to a few factors that have been very well covered, we've um, turned that around and managed to actually make up for, for uh, all those losses and more for the and time being. So 3.76% uh, exactly. higher for the week. So, um, well, let's actually have a look at a few areas of the market that performed reasonably well today. And um, I was drawn to one of your tweets this afternoon, Danny, about the um, Dalian Iron Ore mm. contract. Yes. To a, well, what was it? Middle level of middle of March, the last time it was this high. Yeah, the Dalian. Let me just check this. I think that is correct. So, uh, yes, March 17th, the US 100, almost $118 per tonne. And also the August iron ore benchmark one out of Singapore Exchange was also firmer, up to about $112 a metric tonne. And that's the highest level since April. So, no surprises. Our miners have been quite sprightly. Yes, they have. BHP, Rio and Fortescue, all high for the session, basically all by about 1.6%. Uh, also energy doing well there. Uh, you can see on South uh, with South 32 up 2.2%, gold pulling back perhaps slightly, um, halting a run uh, from, well, most of the week. But uh, tech stocks also in focus, mostly yeah. because we're seeing a lot of strengths um, being generated in US tech, driving Wall Street higher, Correct. but it's also feeding through into our local market. And uh, well, look at that, zero up to $124 per share. Uh, WiseTech as well, yeah, that back Wise tech, towards that must, 80 again. That must be uh, close to the 52-week high again. I think it's a little bit below. I think 50. I think it was above 80 bucks there for a little while. Right, you, okay. You, yes, you're right. No, you're right. It actually did get a, yep, yep. Retesting, gosh, blink and you miss the buy the dip. Yeah, you certainly do with some <laughs> of these tech stocks. They move fast. Um, telcos don't move quite as fast, but certainly are moving higher today for the most part. Telstra regaining ground. It's, uh, well, it pulled back over the last few weeks or so. Momentum slowing there. I tend to keep a close eye on that, uh, that chart just because it can be a little bit indicative of some broader themes within the market. But up 1.4% today, TPG 0.2% 
Uh, Macquarie, Aussie Broadband, um, also in focus. Um, one higher, one lower, but fairly slim. Just worth pointing out that the healthcare sector is really, really struggling. And uh, it's interesting that still seeing selling in CSL to 61, um, I think a lot of that has to do with the strength in the Aussie currency. Yeah. Because remember, they flagged that they had to downgrade earnings ex- estimates because of the higher Australian dollar. Mm-hmm. So healthcare, ResMed and CSL really are the antithesis of what you're seeing with the other ones that are the beneficiaries of either a weaker US dollar or lower interest rates. So just worth pointing that out. Yeah, it has been the the weight on the market. And I think the only sector today to finish in negative territory. Correct. So um, let's go to the three themes for the day because a lot of it does centre around, um, well, ending on a high. Um, but there you go. Hello, Governor. We've got a new one. Indeed. That's yep. Michelle with one L. Michelle with one L. And I'm going to have to get used to that because it was... Um, like only... Glenn Stevens with two N's. Mm-hmm. This is Michelle with one L. And Philip with one L. Oh, I think so, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something going on there. Anyway, um, nevertheless, uh, something of a milestone, something of perhaps history yes. made. Um, nine... RBA governors in the central bank's history and, well, Michelle Bullock will be the first woman. Yes, indeed. um, Perhaps a small glass ceiling just um, broken through there. Absolutely. Did we hear that cracking? Um, (laughs) But um, a safe pair of hands. That's how I've heard her being described. A safe pair of hands. She's really, really liked. We're probably not going to see a dramatic change in terms of stance, but clearly the pressure is going to be on her, isn't it, to... Well, I suppose, dig the reputation of the RBA and the governor out of, uh, unfortunately, what uh, now is uh, Phil Lowe's legacy. Yeah, and um, well, one hopes that perhaps um, the policy enacted or he has already enacted might have some, well, benefits down the line. We don't know. Obviously, these things work with Mm. lags and history Mm. can be sort of revised. But uh, of course, he leaves with a, well, a very difficult uh, set of uh, circumstances, amidst a very difficult set of circumstances and um, having had his issues during, well, especially the last couple of years. But like you said, Danny, um, if you do look at market pricing just around that announcement, which was nine, about yeah. 9.40 today that we did get it, not much move in the Aussie, maybe a bit of shifting rates markets, nothing remarkable. So no. for the most part, you could say it's a part of the, uh, the continuity ticket, uh, but with perhaps some, well, I guess differences slightly around the uh, edges, especially with you know the way that they see the world, education background, just a few little philosophical differences that might um, uh, shine through eventually and, well, hopefully to a clean slate for the institution. But also, um, low isn't gone until the 17th of September. Yeah. So, so sorry? Two more decisions you'll have. Yeah, yeah exactly. And the, he's probably, they will all be discussing, I imagine. I mean, they're all meant to do that anyway, but yeah, so. Yeah. Indeed. Well, that's um, we've already mentioned as well in terms of our three terms. Any on high, um, bring on US earnings now. I think that's uh, we can look I forward know. to. We, we had PepsiCo last night. You're you're a fan, I suppose, um, <laughs> of of the stock, if if I may phrase it as much. Um, yes, did, I did own. we learn much out of the result? Yeah, they had really really good results. Although what seems to be showing up is that volume growth is starting to slow, even if margins are holding on. So there is some question mark whether or not companies will be able to continue to have those price rises going through and whether or not it's impacting. But believe it or not, 
consumers globally because it's a global company continuing to trade down to their goods. But we've got some big ones tonight. We mm. have Bunks. Yeah, United um, Healthcare Group, JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, BlackRock, Citigroup, State Street. So that'll be really interesting. And I was yep. looking next week because I'm trying to tee up some great guests to discuss um, some of those earnings. And Tesla is reporting on uh, Wednesday, I think it's the 19th. Mm. Uh, so that's the first of the big tech, tech companies, if you can call it a tech company. Some people don't yeah. uh, next week. But a lot of Australians obviously will want to know what is happening with that one and then the week after jumping ahead that's when the other big tech companies come out yeah so a lot coming up in the next few weeks and uh, well, we get a lot of those names coming out or reporting it around you know 6 a.m our time so uh we get the opportunity to digest them when they come but yeah eyes on the banks tonight um that kind of unofficial start to to q2 us earnings season uh, there was some corporate news today um mostly amongst the small caps one i just wanted to point out our neuropharmaceuticals uh, oh, surged yeah. it was up by that as much as 30 percent i think it pulled back uh, as the day unfolded. But some um, interesting development there because it was probably the, the high flyer, uh, as we'll um, point out uh, when we go to the leaders and laggards. But um, moving forward, it would seem with um, the distribution, I think uh, might be the best way to yeah. phrase it. Some technical, technical language there that I'm probably butchering just a little bit. Um, but 17.3% I have. Yeah, exactly. $2 so a deal, to $13.66. Yep. A deal to develop, uh, sorry, to distribute its uh, drug for Rett syndrome to the rest of the world. Oh, which, that's right. Um, uh, as I understand it, it's a, it's a genetic relatively rare neurological disease ah. that affects uh, the lives of a lot of children. Um, so just a, just a good story there, I thought, um, as well as obviously being um, a very fruitful one for investors if you were mm. uh, in that stock. Um, so that was probably the big new corporate news of the day. Otherwise, it was pretty mm. light on, I think, from the corporate perspective. Yes. Um, yes. Although net, net wealth had a pretty big downgrade as well. Right, yeah. Um, we'll probably get to that in a second too. But, um, well, we already spoke about the miners and uh, the stock of the day was Fortescue Metals. Adam Dawes and David Novak had a chat with Andrew Gagan about their view on Fortescue right now. It's on your outlook for iron ore, you know. Um, you know, the iron ore price has been holding pretty steady. I think it last I looked at it was around 110. Yeah, 112, 110. yeah. Yep. Uh, but the Aussie dollar's risen, you know. That's had a sharp rise because the US dollar has had a sharp fall in the last few days with that those CPI numbers. So look, I'm not a buyer up here. I, I just think you're approaching major resistance at 23 bucks. Technically, mm. I'm, a, I'm a technician. Um, I just think that the market needs to be given confidence that she's not going to be doing anything in the next sort of 12 months and then there'll be a bit more of a wait and see. But also, yeah, what is that going to look like? How is the control going to happen? I think they've answered a lot of that, but still the market will be seeing that there's an overhang there. So I agree with the hold. I think iron ore is, is, is really toppy up here or defying gravity. It has gone a lot higher than what it is, but I prefer something like a BHP. You've got... You've got Oh, you've got iron ore, you've got copper, you've got lots of more diversification. And remember, Fortescue only has one customer, and that's yep. not a great business model. Yep. Okay, so uh, holds there, more or less. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, copper didn't... seems to be the really big theme at the moment when mm. it comes to these big mining companies. Yeah. I wrote about it today about Rio. They've got this massive Mongolian project. <laughs> yeah, huge. And obviously, you know, BHP has taken over Oz Minerals. So, yeah, I think people are generally quite concerned about the outlook for 
iron ore just generally. Yeah, okay, interesting. Mm. Well, um, let's get to our guests for the CFA, shall we? And uh, as always on a Friday afternoon, Shane Oliver from AMP Capital is standing by and live via Skype. Shane, great to see you and thank you for your time. Uh, we may as well start with what's probably the news of the day, which is uh, the announcement of a uh, new governor of the RBA. Uh, no surprise necessarily that Governor Lee wasn't given the gig. Michelle Bullock will be taking the reins in September. Uh, what's your view on the, the, uh, the, the change? Well, I thought it was good news. Uh, I mean, a first point to note is that I've misspelled her name uh, with two L's. So <laughs> um, I'm sure I spelt Glenn the wrong way all those years ago, and I'm sure I might have spelt Philip the wrong way a few a few times as well. But anyway, um, I'll get it right from tomorrow. So uh, I think we might have discussed this last week. I can't recall it or not, but uh, my view was that there was a strong case to reappoint low for another three years to finish uh, dealing with inflation. Um, but given the government wanted a change and this was an expectation they would do that, so no great surprises there, uh, Michelle Bullock, I think, is an excellent choice. Um, uh, I, I think an outsider to the RBA would have run the risk that they'd have to establish their credibility in, in fighting inflation, particularly if we get one uh, errant inflation number on the upside and that could have led to higher interest rates than might have otherwise been the case under Governor Lowe. But having someone who's come in uh, from being around the table at the board uh, since April last year has communicated consistently with Governor Lowe over the last little while um, and someone that, that everyone knows in the money market, I think it was a good choice in the great scheme of things. I don't think it's going to result in a radically different outlook for interest rates. Uh, in fact, I, I suspect that her first decision might actually be to cut interest rates uh, early next year. But by, by and large, I think it was a pretty good decision. Um, it also is one that attracts bipartisan support, so that's a good thing. Uh, and I think it continues that tradition of uh, appointing the deputy governor. Um, so, yes, government might have some concerns about the RBA, but not so great that it required an outsider. And I think it's also positive that we're now seeing our first female governor after a long, long list of male governors since uh, the whole thing started back in 1960. Indeed, Shane. Well, I will uh, definitely be ringing the flag for that one. Uh, markets have taken off um, on the back of the US CPI read that we had out this week. And also the PPI came in a bit lower than expected. Mm. Um, has everything gone too far, too fast? I know you're more in the disinflation camp and you've got your great uh, AMP pipeline inflation indicator, uh, which looks to be going. Have we got that chart? We do. Well, let's pull up that chart because it's an absolutely wonderful chart. So talk us through. Um, is this too good to be true or is inflation really coming down in the US? Oh, I think it's really coming down. Um, obviously, that that indicator had a bit of a miss for a while, not, not so much in the terms of the timing, but the level. The level went a lot higher than the indicator uh, was implying. But, uh, you know, the inflation number is catching down, if you want to put it that way, to the indicator. So I don't think it's too good to be true. Um, I, I think it's uh, vindicating the indicator and in telling us that we've seen the peak um, the, a lot of the factors that drove the initial rise in inflation have reversed and now we're seeing slower demand um, which will affect the services sector as well and pull down services inflation through time. So I, you'd have to see this as, as pretty good uh, news. Uh, the fact that it's backed up with other stuff that was released over the last week, particularly the PPI, now it's zero in the US. Uh, PPI in Japan I think uh, fell further. Uh, the PPI and the CPI in China, all very weak. 
one is flat and the other one's strongly negative, and that has a close correlation with US inflation as well. Um, we are getting some pretty good news here on inflation. And even though I think markets you know, have gone a bit too far too fast you know, and are at risk of a pullback, um, it's quite possible that this good news will dominate as long as we manage to stay out of recession and earnings aren't too bad. Um, this, this good news may dominate and therefore any, any short-term pullback you get through the seasonally weak August, September, October period might turn out to be very shallow. Um, so it's it's good news to me. I, you can't put it any other way. It's not going to go down in a straight line. There's going to be some setbacks, sure, fair enough. But, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to deny that uh, the inflationary pressures are receding rapidly. So do you think this has, or we can draw any par- par- parallels, pardon me, uh, to the situation in Australia and how it might affect RBA policy? Because there seems to be, especially after that speech from the governor on Wednesday, which was treated as uh, somewhat dovish, the sense that maybe the peak in the RBA's interest rates will be perhaps a little lower than what we expected just a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's funny the sun setting. You know, no, no, I've got sun straight in my <laughs> eyes from from the, from the way things move around outside this outside of a control studio. But uh, in any case. Um, yeah, I mean, it, for Australia, it does have uh, parallels. <laughs> you about parallels, I'm wondering how many L's in parallels, but like the Philippines <laughs> now, you got me obsessed with two L's or one L. But anyway, parallel. Um, there is a parallel there in that the US, the US led Australia by six months on the way up. They peaked in June last year at 9.1%. We peaked in December at 78 on the quarterly CPI, 8.3, I think it was on the monthly. Uh, so we're six months behind them, but we're going to come down with them. Um, there are issues in Australia which are a bit different, um, obviously, rents and electricity. Uh, electricity one is mainly a lagging uh, issue. that They went up earlier on that than we did. Um, but I, I think we will see that, that flow through to Australia. So that's why the local market celebrated because, on the one hand, it means you know, a less aggressive Fed, but it also means that if US inflation is falling and then Australian inflation will come down and that means, over time, a less aggressive RBA. So that comment by Governor Lowe on the Wednesday was seen as somewhat vindicated, you know, where he, he said that it remains to be seen as to whether we'll need to raise rates again or, and then something like it's possible. But he sort of qualified his previous uh, hawkish guidance. Um, so, I, I mean, I'd have to say, I mean, my feeling was that they've already done enough in Australia, but our reading was that they might do more. Um, now, I, I still think they've already done enough, um, but the commentary coming out of the RBA is turning somewhat more dovish. So that, that suggests we may be at or close to the top. We haven't revised our forecast. We don't change our forecast every other month, depending on what the RBA says. But, um, uh, you know, it's a good chance we may have seen the top. Um, these comments coming out of the RBA are very different to what we were seeing after the last pause back in, uh, in April. Hmm. Yeah, just noting, um, Australian net immigration um, seems to be on the rise again. Um, you've got a, a great chart. Um, is this going to throw a spanner in the works, do you think? <laughs> well, it could do. It, it was a spanner in the works of Canada uh, earlier in the week because a lot of people had thought that Canada had finished um, tightening uh, and then, lo and behold, they, they resumed again. And one of the factors they referred to was the strength in immigration. In Canada, it's a lot stronger than Australia. I think their population growth is now 2.7%. Ours is running around 2%. Um, but, but, but the comment was something along the lines that, yes, it's good for the labour market. It, it increases labour supply, but it's also adding to demand. And uh, that, that may be something that could be a sparrow in the works for Australia for two reasons. Obviously, yeah, consumer demand generally, and the other one is housing demand. 
um, reinvigorating the property market as it's done to some degree so far this year anyway. But I, I don't think it's enough to stop, you know, to, 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 to sort of cause the RBA to sort of suddenly get more hawkish again because what we're seeing there is probably still in line with what I guess the RBA had sort of started to assume uh, you know, a few months ago. Yeah, well, um, it's certainly been a positive end to the week. Maybe some green shoots here on the inflation front. And, uh, well, rough seas ahead, it has to be said. But um, so far, so good. Shane, really appreciate your insights as always. And uh, we'll, we'll let you get ahead oh, of that uh, horrendous sunbeam yeah, across your face sun. there. Um, Shane Oliver from a I'll, I'll remember that for next week. I'm going to get – there's a blind out there I can pull down, <laughs> which I normally do. But it's, it's just coming through a little gap in the tree straight under my face. Makes, I've got this skin cage that got removed just here. Right. Um, Ouch. Basically, so which – which you probably can't notice now because there's all this bright light on my head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> distraction well, uh, from the band-aid. The, the, the dappled <laughs> light does look lovely, but uh, we'll, we'll make sure we don't uh, subject you to it anymore. Shane, have a great weekend. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, okay, Shane. You too. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Carl. Shane Oliver there, of course, from uh, AMP Capital. But um, let's get across the leaders and the laggards now. We, we spoke about a few of them already. Yep. Um, but these are the, the, the large cap names. Of course, Block oh. just likes to run sometimes because... because. It, yep, um, because, exactly. And so is Polynovo, to be honest. Um, Telexalt Pharmaceuticals, though, I don't think there's been any news there, but it, it seems to be just one of those... Well, a because <laughs> another because, but I mean, it just there's momentum there in the stock. And, and ditto dip, with dip Paladin, are, isn't it? Chasing, chasing it again. It yeah. would seem. Um, so that's uh, up, uh, what five percent as well today. Let's get to the laggards. Um, I think net wealth was on there. Yeah, see, there it goes. Um, we we're talking about that yesterday, of course. That uh, its results or quarterly update wasn't too bad, but yeah. caught the ire of some uh, of the brokers. Yeah, so some downgrades coming through there, and well, seemingly pushing that stock back to, well, effectively where it was uh, prior to that update. So that's down 6%. Otherwise, few and far between, some, um, I guess, a little bit of weakness coming through the gold space. Again, that's sort of a bit of a pullback from yep. uh, a, a healthy little run over the last 24, 48 hours or thereabouts after these CPI figures have come through. Uh, Orkham, the lithium play, Reliance Hub 24. Hub, I think, maybe just getting through there with net yeah. yeah, I was just having a quick look in terms. So Macquarie has downgraded net wealth to a neutral from an outperform. Right. So that's the only one that I can actually see in terms of uh, a downgrade. But, um, you know, that does make a difference at the end of the day. And it did race ahead quite a lot yesterday. Yeah, it certainly did. Um, let's get across the small caps now. I think Neuron should be on there because we already spoke about it. Uh, perhaps not, in fact, but um, nevertheless, um, a few... Well, I Wasn't can't. Green X Metals on yesterday or something? I think that might have been, but I have no idea. On the, so. on the call? No, 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 no. In terms of one of the strong performers yesterday. Oh, I see, okay. Mm. Um, I yeah. remember seeing it. Anyway. Raises funds to invest in exploration in Greenland. So that's... Um, well, there you go. Well, uh, off to Greenland. Green X off to Greenland. Um, let's get to the lay guys now when it comes to the small caps. And Mabana Energy, Adia Bubs back on the, on the uh, naughty list again, down 5.8%. <laughs> Winsome Resources also off by 5.6. But um, let's push on and take a quick look at what's on overnight. We've already spoken about the uh, US bank earnings, which will uh, have all of us enthralled, uh, especially those who are perhaps willing to stay up to uh, Wall Street's open set to catch those if uh, if you're of uh, the- It's a Friday night. Is anyone really that keen on bank earnings? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not too sure. Well, we're not going to judge you for what you get up to on a Friday night. Um, but also you, University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment. Right. Um, interesting because it's picking up slightly off the lows, probably mm-hmm. in response, one would dare say, to falling inflation. But um, also inflation expectations moderate, moderating quite considerably and the expectation is for them to be around that kind of three and a bit 
percent mark, which is off mm-hmm. from a high end. Um, well, obviously, the central bank's job, as they tell us, is to make sure that expectations are well anchored. And from that data, we might get a sense if that remains the case. But um, well, other than that, it's going to be a big week next week. But uh, we shan't preempt it too much. Just, um, I suppose, bask in the glory of a decent week for the market. Indeed, indeed. Mind you, they've run so hard, uh, they might take a breather. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, they have. We will have to wait and see. Um, All the interviews and uh, views from our guests are on the website and app. You can check in on all of those from today and throughout the week. Otherwise, uh, well, thank you for your company throughout the week. Have a lovely weekend, and we look forward to seeing you on Monday morning. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.